So yesterday, BlackRock filed an application to create its own spot Bitcoin ETF. For all intents and purposes, this is an open-end trust that has all the characteristics of creating and redeeming shares at the end of every single trading day that makes an ETF such a desirable investment. Now, of course, throughout the years, over a dozen spot Bitcoin ETFs have failed, but given BlackRock's size, it's the largest asset manager in the world, and given its success in the past with creating ETFs and having them successfully approved, this may be the first attempt at a spot Bitcoin ETF that is actually approved and thus the institutional floodgates of all that liquidity that's been pent up and unable to invest into Bitcoin may be able to do so. So we'll talk about that up next. You guys know that Nick and I are huge proponents of self-custody, and that's why today's video is brought to you by Envoy, a simple, easy-to-use, free Bitcoin wallet with powerful account management features. Stay tuned to the video to learn more. So BlackRock filed a Form 1 registration statement for a spot Bitcoin trust. Now, of course, you hear Bitcoin trust, you think something like GBTC. That is a closed-end Bitcoin trust. The proposal here is an open-ended Bitcoin trust. That would function a lot similarly to an ETF. And so functionally, for the remainder of the video, I'll be referring to this investment vehicle interchangeably as uh, the BlackRock Trust or the BlackRock Bitcoin ETF. Now, this is being filed through their iShares division, which of course is one of the largest ETF servicers in the world that has a suite of over 1,250 ETFs on file. And of course, it is a part of the world's largest asset manager, BlackRock. Now, everyone has clamored for a spot Bitcoin ETF throughout the years, because specifically an exchange traded fund, something that tracks the price of Bitcoin and has Bitcoin underlying it, that trades on an exchange would allow institutions that don't have the ability to buy spot Bitcoin to purchase this ETF and therefore have liquidity, have access to Bitcoin by proxy via this ETF. Of course, the exchange traded fund would then go as people purchase shares and they would purchase Bitcoin. Therefore, it basically opens the floodgates for all this institutional liquidity that's sitting on the sidelines that can't buy spot Bitcoin to gain exposure to it and therefore Bitcoin's price to appreciate thanks to it. Now, we don't really know the upside that could come from all this institutional liquidity coming onto the scene. But the reality is that spot Bitcoin ETFs have notoriously failed to come to fruition. Uh, the SEC has denied over a dozen ETFs over over several years. Uh, specifically, VanEck has been denied uh, a spot ETF three times. Um, Grayscale has been denied a conversion uh, of its closed-end trust GBTC into an ETF, and now it is suing the SEC in order to try and make that happen. Um, but strangely enough, the SEC has even approved a short Bitcoin ETF that trades inverse to Bitcoin's daily performance. Also, a Bitcoin futures ETF has been approved by the SEC. So you have a futures Bitcoin ETF and a short Bitcoin ETF. So institutional liquidity can gain access to Bitcoin exposure, though it's not directly spot Bitcoin. Uh, now, the question is, why is this? Why is it being continually denied? Well, uh, number one is concerns over manipulation in the underlying market. It's really that simple. The SEC is concerned that the exchanges, the Coinbases of the world, the Binances of the world, that actually service uh, these Bitcoin transactions and service the buying and selling, facilitate all of that, uh, they could manipulate the market. Now, of course, uh, these exchanges are extremely opaque. Only Coinbase is publicly traded, the major United States publicly traded exchange. Virtually everything else that accounts for all of Bitcoin's liquidity is very opaque. They don't publish financial statements. There's no way to have this regular auditability. And so because of that, the SEC has been very hesitant to approve an ETF that actually purchases Bitcoin. They, they don't want to allow that to happen unless there's a mechanism by which they can observe the funds and the assets that are being held uh, by the trust and by the exchange traded fund on a regular basis. 
that is the only way within which a spot Bitcoin ETF would be closer to approval. And the lack, the second reason, right, which goes directly in line with the concern over manipulation is the lack of surveillance sharing agreements. So a surveillance sharing agreement is essentially sharing trade data and other info like clearing data and customer information with an exchange that the ETF is listed on in order to detect manipulation more easy, right? Basically completely uh, remove the possibility of manipulation because all of this information is given to the exchange 24 seven, 365. Uh, so that way, you know, manipulation is very, very unlikely to occur. That is essentially one of the stipulations that the SEC has said um, would bring a spot ETF closer to approval. Um, so TLDR, the TLDR of all of it is that they want transparency and 24 seven auditability from a major exchange like the S&P 500 or, a NAS or the NASDAQ, which this spot Bitcoin ETF, this proposed ETF would be listed on. And in a bid to listen to the SEC's concerns and work with them to bring this spot ETF closer to fruition, BlackRock themselves has actually explicitly recognized this as a risk factor. Take a look right here. It says trading activity on digital asset exchanges, which in many cases are largely unregulated or may be subject to manipulation. This is in their risk factors section related to digital asset markets. So with BlackRock explicitly recognizing this as a risk factor, why on earth would BlackRock be approved if over one dozen ETFs have been denied over the years. What sets BlackRock's proposal, their prospectus apart from other proposed ETFs through the years, right? What is the utility in filing for this if they're not actually going to succeed? Well, the fact that they're even filing for this is pretty major in and of itself. BlackRock has had a huge success rate in actually getting ETFs approved by the SEC. Their, their track record is 575 to one. So that means of the 576 ETF proposals that they have given to the SEC, only one has failed. Right. So that is extremely major. They have a huge success rate. They don't file typically unless they're very confident that they can actually get this approved. Right. So the reputation of BlackRock is hugely working in their favor. And the very fact that they've filed this is very encouraging that it's actually going to get over the finish line. Of course, BlackRock. Another thing is BlackRock is, of course, the world's largest asset manager. Nine point one trillion dollars assets under management. Clearly, they're doing something right. They're a huge asset manager. Um, they have this great reputation with the SEC. And so the likelihood that this will get over the line, given the fact that it's been filed and there's such a large uh, asset manager um, is pretty encouraging. And the second component that brings this very likely to getting approved is that BlackRock is teaming up with NASDAQ to enter a surveillance sharing agreement. So recall the second reason. Well, basically, the one reason that the SEC has been hesitant and they've denied every single attempt at a spot ETF is because of potential manipulation. And they said that in order to work around potential manipulation, a surveillance sharing agreement would be necessary. None of the ETFs that have been denied thus far have had a surveillance sharing agreement. The proposed BlackRock ETF, which would be listed on the NASDAQ, actually includes this surveillance sharing agreement. This is the reason that the SEC has denied so many spot ETFs, right? But BlackRock themselves working with the NASDAQ is going to provide NASDAQ with uh, trading information, clearing activity information, and customer information in order to mitigate the possibility of market manipulation, right? So this is what the SEC has been asking for, and BlackRock has provided this to them. Basically, BlackRock included everything the SEC rejected previous attempts for not having. This is from Coindesk. Basically, buried on page 36 of BlackRock's 19B-4 filing with the SEC, the company states that to mitigate against market manipulation, it will bring the NASDAQ bring in the NASDAQ in order to enter into a surveillance sharing agreement with an operator of a spot trading platform for Bitcoin. And of course, that spot trading platform is 
BlackRock. That is the entity that is going to create this trust slash ETF vehicle. So you guys know Nick and I are huge proponents of self-custody, and there's really no better self-custody solution than the Envoy wallet. It's a free application you can download on your iPhone or on the Google Play Store. It's extremely simple to set up. In less than 60 seconds, you can take your Bitcoin off these exchanges. And really, guys, there's no better time to do it. The world's largest and second largest exchanges are under fire right now, and it may be a good time to take your Bitcoin off exchanges if you haven't already done so Envoy provides a turnkey solution with very powerful account management features in order to allow you to do that, guys. So again, it's a simple free wallet. You can download it for free today on the iOS App Store or Google Play. Now back to the video. So the next logical question is what's different between this proposed BlackRock trust to the Grayscale Bitcoin trust that is already in existence? Well, a few key differences and essentially the BlackRock trust is much more like an ETF. It is all of the functionality, all of the transparency and observability that you'd want from an ETF. It's just a little bit more actively managed than your traditional ETF. With the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, it is a closed-end trust, right? Uh, and as a result of that, they cannot redeem or create new shares at the end of the trading day. Uh, and as a result of that, there's this huge discount and premium to the net asset value of the Bitcoin that they hold, right? Let's say, as of what we've seen over the last two years, uh, they hold a certain amount of Bitcoin, but they're not able to create or redeem new shares or buy or sell more of the underlying in order to actually bring the value of the trust in line with the value of the Bitcoin that they hold. So over the last two years, as investors have sold GBTC, Grayscale can only, and it hasn't really been able to sell Bitcoin as investors sell the trust or uh, redeem shares as investors sell the trust. And as a result of that, GBTC has traded at a persistent and declining discount to the underlying Bitcoin that it holds. That wouldn't be the case with this open-ended trust from BlackRock. Essentially, BlackRock's trust would have, uh, it's an open-ended trust, right? So basically, they'd be able to create and redeem shares. And this creation and redemption mechanism is the main selling point of an ETF. Uh, at the end of the trading day, they would be able to create new shares or redeem existing shares. That way, um, the value of the Bitcoin that they hold and the value of the asset, the ETF itself, would trade in line with one another rather than being wildly different. So essentially, the underlying value of Bitcoin would drive the value of the fund. And that's an absolute game changer. That's why an ETF is so important. That is the value proposition of an ETF in and of itself. So functionally, this proposed BlackRock open-ended trust is an ETF. It has that redemption mechanism that is so desirable about an ETF that will allow BlackRock's proposed spot Bitcoin ETF to fall and rise as the price of Bitcoin falls and rises. Uh, it's nothing like GBTC. Um, also, it will trade on an exchange, right? And be redeemable uh, to the issuer, right? So obviously having those characteristics of an ETF it's uh, an example of this would be gold, GLD, right? This actually isn't an ETF. It's referred to as the biggest gold ETF, uh, but it's actually an open-ended trust. Uh, it's just more actively managed than your typical ETF. Specifically, this BlackRock open-ended trust would be able to create and redeem new shares in baskets of 40,000, as well as buying and selling Bitcoin at the end of each trading day in order to minimize the price of the trust widening too far away from the NAV. So, for all intents and purposes, this is a spot Bitcoin ETF. Now, a couple of things. Number one, this could murder Coinbase, right? This could totally murder Coinbase. Well, what do I mean? Well, think of it this way. 
Coinbase is winning here because they're actually getting a, getting to custody of the ETF's assets, which is a bit unfortunate. Of course, myself and probably the viewers would prefer if uh, the, you know, they were allowed to custody Bitcoin in observable wallet addresses, right? But unfortunately, that isn't the case. Uh, but Coinbase gets the benefit by being able to service all of this uh, new ETF liquidity. The downside is that this is an exchange that's already under pressure by the SEC. And if it has to downsize its business away from shitcoins to a Bitcoin only model, it's already extremely financially stressed, right? On top of that, it's going to lose loads of customers that go to this ETF instead. And Coinbase is going to lose a lot on those transaction fees that it would otherwise gain, right? Think of it this way. Coinbase makes like 50 to 100 basis points per trade on Coinbase when customers buy Bitcoin on Coinbase versus customers that prefer the ETF where they're only going to make one basis point. They're going to make that basis point with BlackRock and then a fraction of that basis point is going to go to Coinbase. So they're going to get a fraction of a fraction in transaction fees. And chances are the rest of their business is probably going to be regulated away over the next two to three years. So they're they're, they're going to downsize immensely, right? Um, and and this certainly doesn't help, right? It takes away customers and it lowers the fees that they can charge. And really, this kind of destroys the value proposition for many other institutional facing crypto exchanges that also offer Bitcoin. They're really going to have to downsize their operations in order to align in the modern times with the very low fees that this new BlackRock spot Bitcoin ETF is going to be charging. Of course, the other natural downside is that the world's largest asset manager is basically going to be controlling, albeit via a custodian, what will ostensibly be probably the largest single holding of Bitcoin out there. Um, and that's extremely unfortunate, right? BlackRock has been, um, you know, in headlines, particularly among Bitcoin circles for being this very opaque, shady organization that if not outright owning has a hand in many of the largest corporations around the world. And of course, having them own a great deal of Bitcoin too, through a custodian, of course, I'll say again, isn't the most desirable thing in the world. And the wallet addresses won't be public in all likelihood. Um, so while the surveillance, surveillance agreement is there, right, of course, that's why the SEC has a much higher likelihood of approving this because the NASDAQ will be able to observe all of the funds in the trust whenever they want to. Um, and the flows and the customer information, that is what the SEC is going to approve this this buy. This, this whole proposal is hinging on the fact that it's more transparent it still lacks the opacity of being able to directly observe uh, holdings via a wallet address, right? That is the one downside. Um, and also in the event of a hard fork, this is included in the very, very fine print, BlackRock chooses which asset the trust will hold, which is a very uh, scary value proposition if you if you think about it, right? But you know that's a, that's a uh, discussion for another day. So one last thing we'll take a look at here um, is the market sentiment, right? Does the market think this is going to get approved? Does it not? Well, the way that we can use this is basically the GBTC discount or premium to net asset value. Of course, we've been basically using this uh, for ages. If you've read our Substack as a proxy for whether the market thinks that a spot Bitcoin ETF conversion for GBTC is likely or not. Um, and again, we can sort of use this as a proxy for whether or not the market is confident that this BlackRock ETF will be approved, which ostensibly would also raise the likelihood of Grayscale's conversion into an ETF being approved. You can see here on this chart, we've only seen a minor narrowing from the discount to net asset value, negative um, 44% to negative 41%. And you know this can be seen as basically growing investor confidence that BlackRock prevailing in this spot ETF approval will raise the chance that GBTC's conversion is approved too. But I wouldn't too put too much weight into this. So that's everything you need to know. That's essentially why this open-ended BlackRock spot Bitcoin trust is actually akin to an ETF and the fact that 
this has a much higher likelihood of being approved because BlackRock has taken careful time into making sure that everything the SEC has rejected other attempted spot Bitcoin ETFs for has been included in this prospectus and its proposal. And given BlackRock's success rate, 575 to one of getting all of its ETFs approved by the SEC, I'd say that this is our best shot, given the fact that it's been filed in the first place, that a spot Bitcoin ETF will come to fruition and all of that institutional capital that's been waiting on the sidelines to buy Bitcoin will come with it. So that's all I've got for you today. I really appreciate you viewing all the way to the end. Make sure to, if you're following, if you're watching this on Twitter, make sure to follow. If you're watching it on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you never miss out on our next video. That's all I've got for you today. Take care. So you guys know Nick and I are huge proponents of self-custody, and there's really no better self-custody solution than the Envoy Wallet. It's a free application you can download on your iPhone or on the Google Play Store. It's extremely simple to set up. In less than 60 seconds, you can take your Bitcoin off these exchanges. And really, guys, there's no better time to do it. The world's largest and second largest exchanges are under fire right now, and it may be a good time to take your Bitcoin off exchanges if you haven't already done so. Envoy provides a turnkey solution with very powerful account management features in order to allow you to do that guys so again it's a simple free wallet you can download it for free today on the ios app store or google play